Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Justin Bolger is Lucasfilm's Star Wars social media strategist, whose role is to keep us informed and excited about Star Wars from Twitter to Tumblr. We delve into Justin's path from co-hosting the Forcecast to traveling the world to ensure we've got fun things to like and share. Plus, Justin gives us his unique insight into what he feels drives Star Wars fans. I think it all comes from a place of passion. And I don't think passion is a bad thing. And I think passion speaks to the fact that these stories stir something in people. Sometimes maybe we as humans can take our ownership or our perceived ownership of something. And this can be anything too far. But with Star Wars, I've never felt like it doesn't start from a place of love. Just like Star Wars, what you do with that love can take some turns that may not be the best thing. But it's all starting from the same place. You could call it like an Anakin Skywalker. It's starting from a place of love. It depends on how you nurture that. Is it going to be possessive? Is it going to be selfless? Is it going to be, you know, it can be a Mm. bunch of different things. All this and a sweet Ricky Martin story. This is Steel Wars episode 184 with Justin Bolger. This episode of Steel Wars is brought to you by Harry's Shavers. Harry's stands behind the quality of their blades so much that they have created a free trial offer to give you a chance to test out their product. To claim yours, you can go to harrys.com forward slash Steel Wars. The link is in the show notes. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars and we are podcasting from the inner sanctum. We are inside Lucasfilm in surely what must have to be the most important conference room in the building and we are with my buddy Justin Bolger. You might know him from such great tweets as... The Imperial Navy Cadet Han Solo faces a military tribunal in this excerpt from the forthcoming Solo, a Star Wars story novelization. He is the social media strategist for Star Wars, or as I like to call him, a professional Star Wars tweeter. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing good. How are you? Thank you. What was it like to turn pro after years of amateur Star Wars tweeting? That makes it sound like this thing happened and I I transformed into somebody into something uh, far different than I was before. I like to think I do the same thing that I do for myself, just a little bit better, hopefully for official channels. Okay. I was hoping you were going to say that you got bit by a radioactive bird. No, it gave you super Twitter power. I don't trust birds like that. So if a bird came anywhere (laughs) that near to me, I would not, um, I wouldn't let him get close enough to tweet. I, I run actually, Every morning down on Chrissy Field, and there are lots of seagulls as it's right next to the water. And when the seagulls are around me, I will move a little bit further inland or in the opposite direction. There are more of them than there are of me, and I'm not setting myself up for any bird-like powers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust them. All right. Well, you've, you've opened early with your, your anti-bird rhetoric. Bird, birds are shitty. Don't. <laughs> I know you 
from, or I first became aware of you back in the day when you were hosting the Force cast, knee deep in Star Wars chatter. What was your your path to arriving there? No one's asked me that in a long time. You talked about back in the day. It feels like it was back in the day now. Uh, my path there was that I started podcasting with a very good friend of mine named Sean Gerber, who is very into superheroes and had a podcast called the Modern Myth Media Podcast, where he talked to uh, superheroes, uh, Batman heavy in the time, Man of Steel was coming out soon. Uh, Marvel had just gotten into the middle of phase two, I think it was. And so... I got my break being a nerd with my friend and realized that even though I love comic books and superheroes, it'd be cool if I could talk about my first two loves, mm-hmm. Star Wars and Star Trek. Yes, I said that here sitting at Lucasfilm. Um, <laughs> you shake your head. It's true. Star Trek's good. Um, and uh, I started writing about Star Wars for the Force.net. They needed a fill-in person, I think, or a third guest for one of the Force cast episodes, and Eric Geller actually asked if I wanted to join the team and it ended up becoming a full-time thing and as people left and came on then it was just me and it led to this or continued on to this I guess is a better way of saying that yeah I I, it's weird just hearing you talk in my headphones it's this weird relationship with podcasters you remember where you were like you sort of remember that time in your life like I remember you talking and, and debating with Eric and stuff and like I remember where my office was and, oh. <laughs> and what computer screen. It's it's such a a weird connection with like the podcaster and the listeners that it sort of like gets ingrained. Like even like a podcast that I was listening to when I was say in New York. So whenever I'm in New York, I think of like this podcast episode. Yeah. It's, it's it's very strange. Um, what what era of Star Wars were you talking about on the Force Cast? What were the big issues of the day? That was a really good time to be a Star Wars fan. I, I still think it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. But that was interesting because we hadn't seen anything from The Force Awakens or a lot of really new stuff that Lucasfilm was putting out at the time. You had a couple of books. Um, Rebels was just heating up. But you didn't know what new Star Wars was really going to look like cinematically. And so there was a lot of speculation, a lot of casting. What did these casting bits mean? Um, what do different hires mean for the story? What kind of stuff? Basically piecing together the clues to figure out what Star Wars was going to end up being. And it was interesting seeing fan reactions to things that were happening at the time and people really being challenged a little bit with their Star Wars brains to figure out what different decisions meant for what was coming um, and stuff like that. But I do remember purposefully trying not to make the force cast strictly about speculation mm-hmm. um i think star wars works best when you can actually talk about the substance of star wars and so when by the time that i was actually hosting and, and running the show and putting that show together um i tried to offer perspective on a lot of the content that was coming out at the time like not only what did it mean for star wars but what does it mean in general like how, what do you take away from that and how many other opinions can you get to talk about something Star Wars that you may disagree with or agree with just to find, I guess, like a deeper truth in that Mm. is highfalutin as that sounds. Um, I still think that's the greatest part of Star Wars and that's, that's the part I love most. Yeah. I, um, in doing all these interviews, I've grown to really fall in love with just seeing how people look at it and how they interact with it and like what they think Star Wars is about. And Star Wars is about, you know, 
everything. whatever you whatever you want it to be. Yeah, but it's it's interesting that we're all looking at the same thing, but just from a slightly different angle. Or a certain point of view. Yeah. Is what, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those films. Yeah, that happens. I, I was waiting for a little ding to come up. Well, I thought there'd be like a they, quote. They turned the volume of the ding down in this room because they knew we were going to be doing this. Excellent, and, so, and you'd be dropping mad quotes. Well, you want to, you really want to show courtesy when you have guests come, and yeah, excellent. That's, that's there you go. Excellent. Now I'm sure many people that um, either podcast or in the fan community they want to know how did, like, how did you even find out that there was a a job to be had? I worked before I worked for Lucasfilm. I worked for Verizon. Um, Verizon, and it's funny that I say this almost every time someone does ask me the question, is a great company as far as teaching you corporate culture. So essentially how the real world works beyond just talking as a fan and having fun with Star Wars. You can continue to have fun with Star Wars professionally, but it really helps not only with Star Wars, but with anything that you want to do as a person to learn how the business of that thing works and then to see what doors or windows you can be invited into. So Verizon, through Verizon, you know, they teach you classes. I actually was a corporate trainer for a little while. Um, and we would teach classes on how to network and how to really look at an organization to figure out how it worked. And then, like I just said this, and then figure out how you can get into it. Was it something you pursued? You saw a, like a, a job listing? Um, it started because I saw a job listing for the social media strategist and manager at the same time. And I thought to myself, I, I probably wouldn't get the manager position, but I could go after strategist and we would see what happened. And I got a recommendation and got to interview here and had what was essentially a body of work at that point. Um, a podcasting, uh, tweeting about the podcast, tweeting from my own personal Twitter and, and I guess having it look acceptable and not too extreme one way or the other. Um, I, I do have to say, it is maybe a bad thing that all your tweeting paid off because <laughs> now, now people are like, yeah, I'm going to tweet more, man. This is my career path. <laughs> I, I would not recommend that. I feel, I feel like my tweets, um, my tweets personally before I got the job were very even tempered. I didn't, I would, I would speak honestly, but you know, at the end of the day, these are movies and TV shows. No one's going to, to die. Um, and so I would just speak honestly about how it made me feel. That That's a good, I guess, tip, for lack of better phrasing, that I could offer is I don't, I genuinely don't think that there is a right or a wrong way to look at Star Wars. I may have a different opinion than somebody else, mm -hmm. but I very much so like listening to the opinions of other people about stuff that I've seen. I say all the time, you can't ever watch Star Wars again for the first time, but if you talk to someone else, you, through their eyes, can then go back and see what they were talking about and what they enjoyed. Oh, it's, I, it's selfish, actually. I love talking to people that have seen the films once, and then they go to see the new one, and you're like, oh, what did you, you, know, what did you make of all that? Because they don't have the baggage of yeah. like, knowing about the Kessel Run and, and all that sort of stuff. It's yeah. just like, like, my friend Callum, as a... Um, as a test, I he'd never seen Star Wars, and I took him to see Rogue One. I'm curious, how old was he? He's like our age. Okay, yeah, he's just he's exactly the same as me. He's into all the same things, but no Star Wars films. Just no Star Wars. That's awesome. And he's like super into Back to the Future, which is, and um, and he's an amazing artist. And he did this art show about Back to the Future, and I was like, if only you were into Star Wars. Yeah. 
that would have been the greatest art show instead of the second greatest art show of all time. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was fascinating to see. Like he didn't even know that Peter Cushing wasn't there because he didn't have that. He just accepted it. Speaking of Peter Cushing and not knowing that he wasn't there in Rogue One, it's a, it's a tangent, but at the Rogue One premiere, I sat behind Ricky Martin. Um, as in, like, living La Vida Loca, she's all I ever had, Ricky Martin. Your face is priceless right now. I wish people at home could see how you're looking at me. I had no idea Ricky Martin was such a Star Wars fan. He was there with his family. And when Tarkin turns around from the Star Destroyer window and turns to the camera and there's that reveal, you have never seen anyone more excited to see Peter Cushing in your life than Ricky Martin was there. I mean, he was looking at his kids and smiling and gasping and, like, pointing at the screen. He was into it. Ricky Martin, like, has so much street cred as a Star Wars fan after seeing that genuine reaction in the theater. Oh, my God. I'm going to honor how good that story is by not making a Ricky Martin song <laughs> reference. <laughs> That's how much I like that it was, story. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> but what about um, when you did the interview, right? Like, you know, this place, you know, you come here every day. I've been here twice, so I'm like wide-eyed. It's so very exciting. It, that doesn't go away. But um, you're going for a job in Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> was it? Were you tense? <laughs> what was your strategy? Well, I was good until the small people came out, and they were orange with green hair, and then I got kind of scared and I began <laughs> to sing songs about things that would happen to me if I misbehaved. Um, and, I, and then you put them all in fursuits, and it was way better. <laughs> I um, actually did interviews over the phone. I didn't do any in-person interviews uh, for Lucasfilm. Part of me thinks that's because I had met a few of the people who were going to interview me. Um, but the interview itself was... I told people at the time that I thought they were just looking to interview a fan so that they would be able to speak to the fact that they interviewed somebody who likes the job and considered them, and it's a nice PR story. Um, because it was... It was both. It was both the hardest and like most fun interview for a job I've ever had. I was used to answering questions about uh, tell me about a time you solved a problem and were able to make someone feel better about themselves oh. at the same time. But it wasn't anything like that. What's your biggest weakness? Oh, I'm, I'm too generous. <laughs> I'm too hard a worker. Well, like, no. If if you're interviewing with somebody who really knows what they're doing, it's never biggest weakness. It's what's your what's your biggest opportunity. Tell me about your opportunity. Because no weaknesses. We don't want to make you feel bad. Oh. Um, they didn't ask that, though. They asked what were essentially Star Wars questions. Um, and I think they were wanting to Talking about 94. <laughs> None of those. Um, they were... 900 years. <laughs> the funny thing is that I'm, I'm like answering the questions <laughs> Jeopardy style as you do that. <laughs> what is, where is where the Millennium Falcon was being held in Moss Eisley? How old is Yoda? <laughs> um, that's crazy. That's Star Wars brain. Um, but, sorry, <laughs> he threw me off. <laughs> but uh, they were, I think they were looking for thought process, um, how well you knew Star Wars, which I think is what every fan imagines is the, the entry ticket in. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think they were looking for, thank God, what it was or how it was that I looked at Star Wars already, which is, in my opinion, from a holistic perspective and understanding that one there's a business of star wars that determines the story of star wars at times and by understanding both you there's there's this really insightful 
perspective that I think begins to reveal itself about Star Wars because it's always been like this. It's just that you have greater insight into that process now. And I mean everyone, not just me or people who work here. Um, and I think I was able to explain what I thought and how and how I thought um, and how I would think doing the job and how I would, I guess, construct messages in a way that appealed to them. I will tell you, the weirdest interview question ever, and again, also the most fun, was who's your favorite Star Wars character? And, you know, my favorite Star Wars character is Palpatine. And there was a genuine fear at first, like, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> really, two people asked me, and there was one person in particular who was really nice. And when she asked, she was so nice, I thought to myself, uh, you should probably pick someone else. I didn't lie, though. Um, I told them who it really was. I did tell them I was scared to answer truthfully, but that I was going to anyway. And it led to a fun conversation. But it must have worked because it's almost three years now. Nice. Yeah. And as you did the phone interviews, you weren't here. No. But how was that? <laughs> how was that first day? Um, the first day that I was here? Yeah. Well, I flew from... Because I, I should point out, like, starting any job on the first day is overwhelming. Like, yes. I, I never forget the first day I worked at McDonald's when I was, like, 15. And just, like, going, there is no way I'm going to remember what order to put these sauces it was, on. It was Papa John's Pizza for me. But, um, yeah, so how was, like, that... It's a new job, but it's also, like, you know... Yeah. Um, Star Wars. The first, the first time that I was here was actually in coming out to look for a place to live. Mm -hmm. And so... I flew here, I went to a couple of places, but as soon as I was done with like the business of looking around and, and I was running to get this done before it got dark, um, the, the first thing I did was come to the Yoda Fountain because I had never been before, and I still have a picture of the first time that I saw it, and it's a horrible picture. It's like sunset, and it's on the Presidio, so there's a bunch of fog around and like the silhouette of Yoda, but it's one of my most prized pictures because I'd never, ever been here, and it was really cool just to be outside. Um, so about two weeks later, when my first day happened, uh, it was even cooler being able just to go inside the building. You know, you, there's a parking garage that you drive into, but you know upstairs is this hallowed place that you'd heard about for a long time. Um, and I won't forget, Lucasfilm is more than just Lucasfilm here. It's Lucasfilm, it's ILM. And both of those companies have this really storied history. So if you're somebody who's not just a fan of Star Wars, but a fan of, I feel like, certain types of movies in particular, even though ILM has done effects for a ton of other movies, um, there's like the spirit of Lucasfilm almost that there's a through line of, there, I don't think there's any better word for it than magic that goes through everything that I feel like has come out of this place. Mm -hmm. And to walk through the door and really understand that Star Wars is amazing, but Star Wars is part of something even greater than that um, was fantastic. There are statues of Ray Harryhausen here, um, and in his hand he's holding one of the, the skeleton warriors from like Jason and the Argonauts. That's yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, the room that we did orientation in, I, I walked in, and there's this huge map painting, and I instantly recognized it as uh, the Vulcan Desert from Star Trek Four. So when they take off to go home, I'm like, wow, this it's it's not a painting of it. It is the painting from that movie. Um, all around the building, there are artifacts from ILM's history and Lucasfilm's history, including matte paintings on the wall of movies that, you know, I'd been watching since I was a kid. 
and it's really overwhelming in the best way to walk around here, even on a, a quote-unquote regular day, and pass all of this stuff and realize that it's, like I said about the, the Star Trek painting, it's not a, a, a painting of something that really exists someplace or a replica. When you watch these movies, you're looking at the same thing that you could reach out and touch. It makes it tangible in this incredibly awesome way. Um, and it's really humbling to know that I am a very small part of getting, communicating that feeling to the world. Mm. I'm not, I'm not writing movies. I'm not, you know, writing television shows or anything like that. But there's a, a very tiny part of the impression of Star Wars comes from things that I, I get to help with. Yeah. And it, it reinforces an overall sense of responsibility for that. And you, you really don't want to frack it up. I don't know about this Battlestar reference as well, man. You, <laughs> well, I mean, you got it, though. So what does that say about oh, you? damn it. <laughs> I've been also, outed. Also, Ralph McQuarrie also did the concept yeah, art for Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, like I said, it touches it touches a lot. It's all connected. It's poetry. It, it really is. Covering Star Wars for the Force cast and then being on the inside, as it were, like, what do you know now that you wish you knew then that maybe maybe something that you didn't quite understand? Because as you did point out before, like, you know, there is a business of Star Wars. There's a commerce. There's, you know, you can't just pour it all out at once. Yeah. Is there anything that sort of seeing the other side of it that sort of made you a, a wiser fan? That's a really good question. Um, that, was, that was positioned and phrased very well. Sorry, the whole, the, the made you a wiser fan. The choice, the word choice that you used, wiser. You could have used a bunch of different words there. Wiser implies that, Star Wars quote, let's do that. So it's not a Galactica or a Star Trek quote, so you'll, you're more comfortable. Um, Dexter, Jetster, in episode two, uh, I would think that the Jedi would know the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Um, so I, it was really cool to me just now that you said, what do you know, knowledge, that has made you a, a wiser fan? And it's the wisdom that makes you a better person overall, I think. So um, humbly, I will say, I always knew that people made this story but we tend to focus on the top people who make the story. Whereas I've always been somebody who watches the credits of movies, both because I think it's a great time to decompress and, and absorb what you've seen already. Two, I've always thought on some level it's respectful to the people who made the movie. And then three, if the music's good, you just get to listen to score longer. Um, but going back to my second part about that, it's respectful to the people who make it. But when you really are watching the credits of a Star Wars movie, it's one thing to read a bunch of names. It's a completely other thing to read names and think to yourself, I know this person. And not in a, I really want to get this across. It's not meant in a braggadocious kind of way or like, oh, I get to know all these special effects people. But it's not just their names and knowing that one person did something. It's knowing the work that goes into it, that mm. there are people here who are here when I get in, and I'm one of the earlier people. I tend to get here on 7.30. There are people who have been here all night at times working on things for movies other than Star Wars, but, of course, Star Wars. There are people who don't see their families as much during production of a film or post-production of a film, not just because it's their jobs, but because they're actually staying here or going other places trying to make this product the absolute best product that it can be. Yeah. And... It's such a cliched thing to say that people are pouring their hearts and souls into things, but they really are pouring their hearts and souls into things. And I don't mean just selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Oh, look, it's a cool lightsaber effect. Or, oh, that explosion was awesome. Uh, we do reels here every Friday where they show you very quickly how ILM does their work. So it'll start with a before where you'll see somebody uh, sitting in a lake and there being little motion control dots that come up from the lake. And then it transforms over time into uh, like a rig or a rig of like a buffalo. And then it turns into a rig with eyes and ears and a mouth. And then that rig is all of a sudden making sounds. And then there's another swipe where you just see piece by piece how these people are putting together things that sometimes you you can't help but take for granted in a movie because you don't know how much work goes into it um criticism is something that anyone is going to do there's nothing wrong with criticism but i think the thing that's made me wiser the thing about knowing and seeing the people behind it that has made me a wiser fan is being much more careful with my criticism and making sure that if I'm ever criticizing a piece of art, not just Star Wars, but any other movie or television show or, or really anything creative, anything that could be that could be considered art, whether it's a product or not, that just because I don't necessarily appreciate it or I don't particularly like it, it doesn't rob that art of its relevance or its impact or its or the fact that somebody gave a piece of themselves to whatever it is yeah i've found over the past few years that my criticism is like i i feel like i've i want to be able to if whatever it is i want to be able to tell the person yeah that like if that person that wrote that comic or did that i I say it in a way that if they were in the room, I like they're not gonna like hate me. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? There's it's just there's, there's there's a way of criticizing that makes you someone's friend, and there's a way of criticizing that makes them not your friend. If if that makes sense. Yeah, and I haven't like I, I feel like I haven't always done that. Same like previously and yeah. stuff. Like like so, you know we do these shows where you know, like listeners send in like what clips they like. Mm -hmm. And so I listen to these old clips and I'm like, Ooh, that was maybe you could have been a little bit more mature sort of thing. And my my theory is now that like, if I don't like something in a comic book, my criticism should be kind of making fun of myself that I'm upset about something in a comic book that it seems a bit as smoother. It's it's, it's, it's interesting that you also uh, talked about listening to old shows. Um, occasionally like on on my i on my ipad iphone whatever if i'm listening to music alphabetically or whatever in in rotation old episodes of different podcasts that i've done will come up and occasionally i'll listen to it a little bit until i can't stand my kermit the frog voice anymore and then i stop um 
but I, I know exactly what you mean about, wow, it, only two or three years ago, was I not the best person in this area? And what does that say about my experiences between then and now? Not just working here, but just in life in general. And it's it's weird to be able to talk to yourself from a couple of years ago. It, it puts you in a weird, but I guess beneficial headspace. Yeah. Yeah. I've, it's It's quite introspective to yeah. look back, to look back. Now, listen. I can tell you're serious right now. All right. You're out there tweeting to 4 million people. Now, we've all tweeted. Is your life the Black Mirror episode (laughs) where you can read the minds of 4 million Star Wars fans? That's that's a great question. Um, I I don't think I can read the minds of anyone, but I will say... I will soften it. I will soften it for you. What are the delightful things... The thing that I would say that is the most heartwarming about all of it is that I I have a I have a phrase. Um, I say often, "Humans gonna human." So I'll be like, "Humans gonna human." Mm -hmm. That's that means good, bad, and ugly. It's all gonna happen. It doesn't change the fact that. You know, you are a human and that no matter how good your intentions are going to be to include you and I, uh, we will have days like the ones when we listen to our old podcast episodes and are like, oh, God, I said that Um, where you're not going to be the quote unquote best person. I will say about Star Wars and I genuinely feel it's unique across most, if not all fandoms good bad and ugly because those three exist in everyone and in every fandom i truly think that all responses and all kind of engagement with social media because it's not just twitter it's facebook twitter instagram tumblr google plus and then there are multiple accounts on those different channels as well i think it all comes from a place of passion and I don't think passion is a bad thing. And I think passion speaks to the fact that these stories stir something in people. Sometimes maybe we as humans can take our ownership or our perceived ownership of something. And this can be anything too far. But with Star Wars, I've never felt like it doesn't start from a place of love. Just like Star Wars, what you do with that love can take some turns that may not be the best thing. But it's all starting from the same place. And it's this... You could... You could call it like an Anakin Skywalker. It's starting from a place of love. It depends on how you nurture that. Is it going to be possessive? Is it going to be selfless? Is it going to be, you know, it can be a mm. bunch of different things. At the end of every day, the the most like heartwarming, heartwarming is the wrong word for it. I get, I get why you said it. It's the thing that I, I love most about it. I think that even though human's going to human, if it starts from that place of I love Star Wars, then there's always a common ground and then there's always going to be a hope that that engagement, I keep saying the word engagement because it's like terms, but there's always hope that any interaction, no matter how good or bad can always come back to a place of good. Mm. There's something about that that I think is really cool because I don't know, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, honestly, that, has that underlying no we're all coming from the same place we just need to cut through the noise to make sure that we're coming from the same place um and i think social media is a great way of enhancing that commonplace it's just 
it's also easier and more seductive to do the wrong thing at times. Very. That's that's from a movie called The Empire Strikes Back. Heard of it. Heard of it. It's pretty good. This episode of Steel Wars is brought to you by Harry's Shavers. Now, we've talked about Harry's before. Their founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. So, they bought a razor factory that had been making the highest quality blades in the world for over 95 years. Now, that's the talk. But let's walk the walk. Harry's is so confident that they're making some of the highest quality blades in the world, which you got to love a confident shaving company. But anyway, they are so confident that they have created a trial set with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. It features a weighted ergonomic handle, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and travel blade cover. I take this set when I'm traveling, going to conventions and the like, and it is perfect. And I urge you to get a sweet shaving travel set and perhaps be introduced to a product that will save you cash and keep you looking fine. Listeners of Steel Wars can redeem their trial set at harrys.com forward slash Steel Wars. And that link is in the podcast's show notes. So give it a click and redeem your offer. You literally have nothing to lose except that bristly hair on your face. As I too am now a customer, I can tell you Harry Shavers offers an exceptional product at a great price. So give it a shot at harrys.com forward slash steel wars now working here it does seem like you're living the homer simpson at the bowling alley episode <laughs> and each job has as as cool as they all seem you know there's still excel sheets there's still receipts and all that sort of stuff but what's one thing here at lucasfilm that lives up to the hype just like a a unique thing that happens here that you just like Yes. It's really just being being trusted to be responsible for a small part of it. Um, you can actually see this on YouTube now, but up until recently, um, it was only shown here at Lucasfilm in, in our theater uh, on Fridays. There is a what we call a reel. Um, what is this one? I think it's this one is Story Drives Everything. So if you want to go to Lucasfilm's YouTube channel, the video is called Story Drives Everything. Um, and so they've always shown this Dude, video here. Don't, don't post you, links in my podcast, man. <laughs> you just don't stop. YouTube.com. <laughs> <laughs> Story drives everything. Um, all rights reserved. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of... Anyway. But it's, it's very well done. It's put together by the Lucasfilm video production team. And it goes through... I guess the central ethos of Lucasfilm, which is to to drive story and, and imagination. And that I, I have rarely the entire time I've been here, not gone into the theater on a Friday just to see that two minute presentation. It reinforces that I get to work here and I get to, to help out with, I sound like the kid down the street who gets to mow your lawn. Um, that I get that I but that's how I feel that I get to help out with how Lucasfilm does business um, it's hard to describe but the opening to that video with a few Star Wars clips with it opens with a great clip of George Lucas 
And for a kid who has grown up watching all of these behind the scenes features and you know about the history of the company, something about that video just really drives home to me every time I see it that now you are a small part of that too. And that's the coolest part of working here is just being a part of it. What is it like when you're here and like, directors are here like John Favreau's here or Ryan Johnson's here and they're going in a room like it's like it's it's for me it's very exciting that somewhere in here there's there's like there's like pictures of episode nine or like it's like do you know what I mean like is it like when someone like that is here is there is there a buzz or is there just another day at work or is it just happens so often that it's um it's Wednesday dude um it's funny like a lot of the a lot of these a lot of these questions including this one almost make it seem and there's nothing wrong with this like there's a dichotomy it's gonna is it normal or is it always super special but there's a middle ground where it's it's normal to be a part of a group making stuff or really to feel like you're part of a creative community of people all working on the same kind of project and with the same overall mindset um, that's how I would describe it when like a notable person is here. Sometimes you get to see them. Sometimes you don't see them and you know, they're here. Sometimes you don't even know that they're here or they've been here until weeks after. And you hear like water cooler. Oh, this person was here. Um, but you know, sometimes you pass them in the hall and they'll, they'll nod at you and say hi, but it, it always feels, and then you can even see it in the room that we're talking in. Like it's not, it, it's very warm in here. It doesn't feel like a corporate office, um, it feels very much so like you're at someone's house and it has, you know, like spaces that you can go and sit in. I feel like I'm at your rich uncle's house <laughs> and we're, we're away for the weekend <laughs> in the Hamptons. But, but that's saying something, it, you know, it, you don't feel like, oh, it's a gray door where the air condition is blasting and your fingers are cold and whatnot. Um, and that, that is how I would describe, that's how I'd answer, I guess, what you're asking, which almost feels like a non-answer, but it, no matter who that person is, because of the atmosphere of this place, you always feel like you belong. And it has a way of maybe calming you if you're super excited about it. That's not to say that I have not had a ton of inner freakouts when I see people, but I, I keep a straight face. Um, but I, it, again, I think is to the credit of the company that, you know, you that you do feel included. You hear yeah. stories in Hollywood of people getting to work with stars sometimes and the stars aren't necessarily what they what they think they're going to be or, you know, oh, this person's mean or this person's really nice. But here it's just this person is a person. Are you telling me you're allowed to look at Matt Martin in the eye? I never look at Matt Martin in the eye. Oh, okay. He's intimidating and something's going on with him. He hasn't aged in years. <laughs> Tell me he's not an eternal. You can't because he is. It, it, it's thinking... Um I always tell people, just think young thoughts. That's all I've done for 20 years is think young thoughts and it, it works. I like that, at least for me, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you have to feel the same way. You can't help it, though. You can, at least for, for me, and again, I would venture to guess for you, you can be having one of the most terrible days of your life. But if you hear a note of Star Wars music, you'll perk up immediately, turn in the direction of that Star Wars music, and your day is like that much better all of a sudden because... It's it's just that quick like trigger. Oh my god, I'm happy! Like it's mm. so, yeah. What, what, what's been your favorite tweet so far? The character of Princess Leia uh, means a lot to me for a lot of different reasons. Um, and so for Carrie Fisher's birthday, 
uh, the first one after she passed away, unfortunately, you you want to find a way to acknowledge her passing. You want to honor her. You want to honor her Star Wars legacy. Um, and so the the social media content that we put out for that day uh, used a black and white picture of Carrie Fisher. It had a little bit of animation on it, and it was very, very simple, and it just said, she's royalty. And that that's probably the, my favorite thing that I've, I've done so far. Um, it seemed like everyone responded to it really well, which sounds very cold as I say it, but I don't have another way of saying it that really acknowledges that it, it drew like an emotional response from people who understood what it meant. I feel like it was... It was just even keeled. I feel like Carrie Fisher wouldn't want people to remain incredibly sad that she's gone, but more focus on the things that she left. And really, it's it's an amazing legacy of a lot of different things that continue to be relevant. And so that's another day that it was really nice to have had a hand in crafting something that made people feel things because of what this person meant to them and and because of what the person's work meant to them. So going back to when I've said it's nice to be a very small part of everything, you know, that it, it was great to be a part of that. Yeah, and especially with, you know, with Carrie, it's you're honoring someone that you love and and has inspired you, but you're also, I don't know, like helping other people like deal with it at the same time, like, you know, celebrating her life rather than, because that was, that was a real tough time. Yeah. Justin, thanks so much for taking some time out. Thank you. This and was fun. I don't know how to phrase this. It's a, it's a great job that you have. And I'm glad someone like you is doing it. Thank you. That means a lot. Uh, where can the good people of the internet follow you? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me at the Apex Fan on Twitter. That's, that's who I am. Justin Bolger. That's me. Very humble. Yes. Let's uh, stop talking and I'm going to go back to gawking about the hallways for a little bit. But may that force be with you. And with you. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our really fun chat with Lucasfilm Limited's Justin Bolger. Now, we talked a lot of social media on this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please get on that social media and pod it forward let fellow star wars fans know that you enjoyed the chat and uh who knows maybe we can gain a new listener because of you and i would really really appreciate that if you haven't already and you do use itunes jump on there and give us a sweet five-star review. It bumps up the rankings and, and lets other Star Wars fans know that we're doing some good podcasting. Also, if you check out YouTube, go to youtube.com forward slash Wars as we're doing tons of stuff over there. Do the Hyper Chat, our Star Wars chat show, and the Hyper News which is a bit more of a regular news show where I go through the Star Wars news of the day and interact with listeners through live calls, take some questions, 
and in the YouTube chat. It is super fun. So if you haven't checked that out, you can go to youtube.com forward slash Steel Wars. And if your t-shirt selection is looking like it needs an update, check out merchostore.com where all the Steel Wars tees are hanging. You can get the I'm Ray's Parents, the Steel Wars content tee, and the all-time classic, Your Snoke Theory Sucked t-shirt. Plus, you can get a 10-pack of stickers for just $6. And, of course, this all goes to supporting the ongoing production of the podcast. And with a baby a mere month away, every dollar helps in enabling me to dedicate time to make these shows for you guys to listen to. And of course, if you want an easy way to support the podcast that also gets you extra listening, check out patreon.com forward slash steelwars. For just $1, you get every classic episode of the podcast in full, interruption-free. And for $3, you get that along with our bonus shows, like The Jooklin Strikes Back with my wife, Jackie, Making Steel Wars with MakingStarWars.net's Jason Ward, The Robo Report with opinionated Star Wars podcast caller, Robo, our Patreon Q&As, and I am delighted to introduce the Star Wars Year by Podcast podcast with my great buddy and I, Hawes Burkhart, going through the Star Wars Year by Year book, by year, by podcast. If you are signed up to either the Steel Wars Patreon or the Blue Harvest Patreon, that new show, the first episode, a near two hours of super fun discussion, will be on your Patreon page this week. I cannot wait for you guys to check it out. Plus, we're going to do a reaction podcast to each episode where you guys can send in audio clips or questions or comments on the history we talk about and the stories we tell. I honestly cannot wait for you guys to hear this new show. We had so much fun making it. If you haven't already, make sure you go back to last week's episode with the Phantom Editor talking about his infamous Phantom Menace fan edit and Ahmed Best's recent comments about it. And in the upcoming weeks, we have got some more exciting guests on the show. I can't wait to share them all with you. Of course, you can follow me at Steel Wars on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And may that force be with you. Hi, I'm Levins. And I'm Angus. And we, we are, are the, the Hello, Hello Family Boys. Boys. Every week on our podcast, Hey Fam, we talk movies, TV shows, video games, memes, toys, music, and more. In fact, we're the only podcast in existence where two white guys talk about pop culture. That's right, Angus. And you can find Hey Fam on iTunes, Spotify, planetbroadcasting.com, and everywhere else, extremely good podcasts are available. Enjoy your morning. Enjoy it. <laughs> 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.